Hello and welcome to the Hockey Hurts Podcast for May 4th of 2017. I'm Ryan Wilson, Penguins writer for HockeyBuzz.com. I'm Cameron Walsh from HockeyHits.com. Uh, cherry blossoms blooming. Must be springtime. And the Capitals are one game away from being eliminated by the Pittsburgh Penguins. Some things are just an annual tradition, it seems. Uh, we will be talking a lot about Pittsburgh and Washington series. We'll talk a little bit about uh, the Sidney Crosby injury and um, other playoff-related items. But I think we're going to lead with the obvious. I can't believe the Penguins are up 3-1. to one. I can't either. It doesn't make doesn't make any sense. Like before we were doing, we decided to do the podcast today. I was sort of reading through some articles while I'm waiting for us to, you know, hook up. And it's, it's this. I do feel sorry for Capitals fans because it's like, surely this is the year. Surely this is it. You know, we've dominated. We had our scare in the first round. That you know, the Maple Leafs took us to six, and you know, into overtime, we'll be ready for the Penguins. They're missing Latang. Murray's not there. Crosby gets knocked out. They're missing Sheary, who, you know, wasn't playing like he did last year. Still can't beat them at the moment. I mean, they could still come back, but right now, it's all pointing the wrong direction for the Capitals. It's remarkable. Like, I don't get it. <clears throat> um, the last night's game, Capitals 56 shot attempts at even strength. Pittsburgh 28. Um. Pittsburgh only had 15 shots at even strength last night. Washington had 29, so pushing 30. Uh, 30 is not bad without any power play considerations. They ended up putting 38 up. It's um, it's a cruel sport, really. If you're a Capitals fan, you have to be beside yourself because they're not playing bad. They're objectively playing really well. And goaltending and puck luck and that kind of stuff, <laughs> that's, that's part of a, a small sample size of a playoff series. And Minnesota found out the hard way, and I think Washington's finding out the hard way right now. The only issue I have with that argument is I don't think the Capitals are getting enough high-danger chances against Fleury for the shot volume that they're throwing at the net. I don't think the high danger shots are a high enough percentage of the shots they're actually taking. Um, yeah, uh, Pittsburgh's getting clobbered uh, territorially, but they are doing the old EA Sports protect the net defense. <laughs> I love that term when you use it. <laughs> right? I mean, yeah, yeah. and it's working. So it's tough to, you know. Pittsburgh understands what's going on. That they're I mean, a little it's... bit shorthanded and they're they're keeping it um, to the outside. Look, one of the things that, that you and I were both concerned about was Mark Andre Fleury's high danger save percentage. And in this series, well, up to date in this series, like his playoffs, it's eighty three point one. Like you can't for a guy that was traveling at about seventy five. It's gone way out. At so short the, samples, it's volatile. But, yes, he's where he needs to be. He's where he yeah. needed the team, or he's where the team needed him to be if they were yeah. going to survive this series. And without Marc-Andre Fleury playing the way he is, the Penguins are not up 3-1. to one. Fleury has done a marvelous job this series. Yep. Absolutely. Good, good luck predicting that. He's he's outperformed what I thought he he. What me is like him being my favorite player, he's outperformed any expectations I had of him. I didn't think he'd outperform Braden Holtby. I mean, Holtby's helped in regards to that by not playing up to his best standard, but I was hoping at a best that Fleury would make Holtby a wash. And right now, it feels as though the two net miners are the difference in the series. It's the complete, it's complete opposite complete of what we thought was going to happen. Complete flip of what I was expecting. And you sit there with it, and I, I can't be happier for, for Fleury at all in in the sense that you've mentioned it before on the podcast. Uh, it'll be a great swan song for him because the team, no matter what happens, the rest of the way cannot keep him. So 
you, you sit there and you yeah, just and we, go, yeah. You don't have to think about that right now. No, you just enjoy the fact. Throw that aside yep. for now. I, I don't think it, cha- it 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 does not change the bigger picture. But we don't have to worry about the big picture right now. You can enjoy um, a likable personality playing really well. Yeah, and he is, which is which is great. And without some of his you know acrobatic sort of stuff at times, he he'd miss pucks. And luckily for him at the moment, his over exuberance hasn't burnt him. For some goals against, I think you made. I think you might have tweeted me at one stage and said, if Fleury was actually um, positionally sound and then was only reflexive when he needed to be, he'd be brilliant. And I think that's a pretty good assessment of what he is. Yeah, his athleticism has been a double-edged sword for his entire career. For long stretches of time, it hurt more than it helped. You would remember the good because they're amazingly beautiful saves when when it works. But a lot of his um, the second chance opportunities that he allows, they're kind of on him because he's not quite. Oh, it's an over. Yeah, it's an over commitment because of that athleticism, his ability to get from one side to the other or forward and backwards so quickly. And it's it's really funny with Golton is it's the complete reverse of what happens to a defender. Everyone forgets the the um, the skilled play that breaks a player out. But no one ever forgets the turnover that you make when you're trying to make that play and it fails, you know, one out of 20 times. It's just the way it works, isn't it? Yeah. Um, So your point that you brought up a little bit earlier on the high danger chances, the Penguins led the NHL in the regular season with um, 851 high danger shot attempts. And the Capitals were only about 15th. And they had, bear with me, 668. And they, gave, and they gave up 690. So the Capitals, over the course of the year, have not won the, the high-danger battle. So this, this isn't is really the, a new thing for them, which is strange given their talent. The thing, that, the thing that's funny is I always... I always remember, I think it was earlier in the year, when it was becoming perfectly clear that Pittsburgh weren't winning the territorial battle like they used to, when the coaching staff started to say publicly, we value things more than just sheer shot volume. Um, And I have a feeling that the high danger shots fall is something that they value more than the amount of shots they bleed against them. So they're happy to not bleed high danger shots against um, as long as they're getting their own high danger chances, and this series is probably a, a more intense version of, of what progressed over the last half of the year. Um, a lot of it's not by their own choice; they're just making sure that when they do get high danger chances, they're actually making the most of them. I'll say this: <laughs> the Capitals lead the playoffs in high danger chances with. 91, Penguins are second with 85. And the Capitals lead in the amount of high-danger chances they've given up in the playoffs with 92, while Pittsburgh is third at 86. So they're both trading a lot. They're about 50% each. And then it lobs back back to a great goalie can destroy you and a bad goalie can destroy you, and it looks as though the Caps... Are running into both in the one series. Yeah, it's it really is a matter of Mark Andre Fleury is playing better than Braden Holtby. I, if you say that was going to be your storyline going through, you're lying. I, I was not going to predict <laughs> that. I mean, I no way. See the Fleury stuff. It's kind of like. This is the year Tiger Woods is going to win another major. Now I know he just had a back surgery. I'm talking like from 2009 to like last year. Everybody's like, oh, he'll win one this year. He'll win one. Well, eventually the sample grows large enough. Maybe the planets align and it, it, what you've been saying forever happens. Flurry yeah. hasn't done this in nine years. No. So to predict that magically he was going to do this against the Capitals, I mean, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. It's just, it's not there to be predicted but he, I, I will say this it's the it's the 
best he's looked in a, in a while, and I'm including like this year. He seems to be tracking the puck a hell of a lot better than he did towards the end of the year, and he doesn't look as um, twitchy in the net as you know he does at times when he's not playing well. So I mean, everything has, like you said, the planets have aligned for him. He he looks confident and. I know, I know that he's confident because he gets out of the net and starts doing silly things with that puck, and I really would like the team to just get that puck off his stick as quickly as possible. Uh, there's a save that he made last night that I tweeted out, and it, it, it highlighted it was, a, it was a point shot. He was at the top of the crease. It went off his left pad. He's kind of battling a screen, but he was uh, quiet and in position. The rebound went off to the left, or, or it should have, but it went off his defenseman's shin, kicked back to his blocker side onto a left-handed player's forehand of the Capitals. And yeah. he did the push-off from his left skate to push back right blocker side and made a very athletic save. That's peak Marc-Andre Fleury where I'm like, yes, that awesome. Like, beautiful to watch, beautiful technically, and um, all proper. Proper goaltending uh, for that skill set. And um, I just don't think that kind of goaltending's always been, like you mentioned. Um, the quiet core save was what set up um, the reflex on the second attempt because he was in a position to be able to push to his right. I know what you mean. Yeah. Um, but that's when he's at his best, and, and it's fun to watch when he's doing that. And thankfully for the Penguins, he's at his best right now. And... Um, I'll be doing some, well, by the time this is released, I'll probably have the blog out too, so it's not a spoiler. Um, I'm going to be doing um, an article today after the podcast. I'm going to publish it about Fleury's um, Fenwick save percentage versus uh, his expected Fenwick save percentage in his playoff history. And very few times has he outplayed the expected number, and this is a year that he is, and the last time he outplayed his uh, expected Fenwick save percentage was... 2008. With this kind of sample, yeah. He actually did in 2014-15 when the Rangers smoked him. He actually oh, played yeah. well, but it was a five. It was only five games. Yeah. He's up at nine games now. Uh, this is one of his longer runs um, in a while. That just sounds so stupid considering the team he's had in front of him. But but it's true, but he is outplaying yeah. the expected value, and, and you can objectively point to that as evidence that he's playing awesome, much like you can point to the other evidence. There's a lot of negatives in that gap where he's underperformed the expected save percentage. And um, Don't highlight the negatives, dude. Don't highlight the negatives. Come on. But yeah, I get exactly Highlighting the negatives are why... Um, makes these positives mean something though that that's the data yeah i'm using no, the same metric to to show we all know he played bad during 2010 to 2014 right or yeah. 2013 i'll be fair um but the same information can be used now to say the opposite and the opposite is true right now he's playing great yes there's no there's no bias in the numbers and that's why i use them and as long as as long as you get there and report them out at the time when they're different to the stuff you were saying before, it makes it balanced and fair and even. It's the thing that's that's funny with the numbers. It's like the numbers don't lie. It's how you present them that can be skewed, and you don't skew them. You lay them out there, and this is a year where he's performing his expected value, and it's like awesome, <laughs> absolutely fucking awesome. So. You know, it's tough because Holtby didn't ask Orlov to put the puck off his skate and in the net. <laughs> As... What are you supposed to do there? Like, you could even see his body language was like, oh, fuck off. Really? That's that's nobody's fault, you know? No, like... it's not really even Orlov's fault. Like, it just hit his skate. He tried to turn it to not do what he did, and he did it. So, let's... Um... Anything else to add on the goaltending? I, I have nothing but praise for, for Fleury right now. Um, no, no, I've got nothing else to add. They need Holtby to 
be godlike for the next couple, and he's capable of doing it, but I just don't see it at the moment. Outside of 2012 Flurry showing up, I don't know how the Capitals claw back into this thing. Or, not claw back, they can get back into the series. Uh, just the beating Pittsburgh three games in a row, it seems unlikely, even though they're, they're driving play the way they are. Yeah. It just seems Pittsburgh's upper-end players are doing work. <laughs> well, their upper-end players are being upper-end players. The top four scorers in the NHL right now are Evgeny Malkin, Phil Kessel, Sidney Crosby, and Jake Gensel. And Crosby's down again. And he's skating today at the practice facility. And the game isn't until but- Saturday. So I'm hoping... Here's my glass half three quarters full approach is <laughs> is they actually did the right thing by taking him out. Maybe the, the he was not experiencing. Uh, well, they diagnosed him. There must have been some symptoms. He's symptom free. You can see where you're headed. So that happened so that... on what day? Tuesday, Monday, Monday, Tuesday. I don't know. Oh, today's third. It happened on Monday. Game. His next potential game wouldn't be till Saturday. So today's a skating day. Maybe tomorrow contact. I I don't think he'll be back Saturday, but I I think there's a chance if it goes six games that he'd be back for that. The this team could do with a, another five game series and just to get some rest. But um. Anyways, good news that Sid's on the ice. We'll see if there are any symptoms that come from that. I think he's been down this road, unfortunately, enough times to know his body and when to push, when not to push too early. I think he's honest with with this now. (laughs) Yep. You hope so. um, yeah, that just popped up on my Twitter. Do you want to use that as a half-ass segue to talk about why he's out? Uh, yeah, we can. Um, I don't. I. I'm glad they gave Niskanen a five in a game. Some people don't agree with that, but I think it was absolutely the appropriate penalty, and I'm fine without a suspension. And we're usually pretty tough on that stuff. Yeah, I did a suspension article. Uh, yeah, I, I, I saw that. <laughs> I, um, I, I'm in the camp that believes Matt Niskanen did not intend to hit him in the head. But However, he did. But he did. And my, where the, the major point for me is, especially when you listen to Niskanen's quotes afterwards, is that he doesn't deny wanting to cross-check him. People were, a lot of the people that came to Niskanen's defense, it happened fast, it was a reaction, he was just trying to hold him up. But nothing about what Niskanen has said about the incident says, I was trying to hold him up, it's, I didn't mean to cross-check him that hard. So, I was trying to so his intent was to indeed cross-check, and for me, well, you engaged, and it went wrong, you need to be held accountable, and it was a headshot, so five minutes in a game seems appropriate, if indeed you want this league to get rid of those scenarios where you're losing players. I do not feel this way because it's Sidney Crosby. I would feel the same way if it was Tom Wilson. See, the league league is creating this environment where players carelessly engage because there's no consequence to it. Yeah, no, I can't argue with with any of what you said. The the only issue I have with the non-suspension is... The player was injured on the play, didn't return into the game. Yeah, but I don't like taking that into consideration. No, I'm not saying that we should. I'm saying that's what they do. That's what they lay down on their on their suspensions. It's like, did the player return? No. Was he injured on the play? Yes. Right. So we probably have to suspend the guy. And the argument that Crosby was not in the position, like the argument that Crosby dropped, and that's why Niskanen got him in the head. Like you said, Niskanen was going to cross-check him, and Niskanen was going to destroy his ribcage. There's there's you, risk in engaging, and you own yes. that risk. And yes, because Crosby was falling, that did 
create the head contact. And again, I do not believe Niskanen meant to hit him in the head. However, he didn't. you have no. to own the risk of, of reaching. When you reach into the cookie jar, sometimes mom catches you and you get punished. <laughs> well, not if you're a hockey player, you don't. Niskanen um, got caught. Yeah, but I, I don't think I don't think Dad came home with the belt to really punish this. <laughs> well, I don't way. I don't um, I don't advise beating children with belts. <laughs> oh, hang on, wrong decade. Yeah, good point. Um, um, no, but here's the thing: when players reach in and, and trip a player, did they mean to do it? Of course not. But you so still why, is, too why is the concept it? of a cross check any different? Well, he didn't mean to hit him in the head. Well, why is it any different? Well, he didn't mean to trip him. Does that mean he doesn't go to the box and get held accountable for tripping the person? I I try to explain this game to people when they're watching it with me, and it's so hard. I bet. Because it's tough they, see some, they see something happen on the ice, and you go, what was that for? And you explain to them that it was a trip, or the guy hooked him with the stick, and then it'll happen again. Five minutes later, I go, well, why wasn't it called then? And I just shrug. This, this is, I think, the worst officiated sport that I watch. And maybe it's because I watch so much of it. But the inconsistencies of their officiating, not just game to game, but period to period or incident to incident, is just mind-blowing. It would be so frustrating as a player while you're out there. But that's it's also why Niskanen engaged in the first place. They're gonna players are gonna take the chance. They're gonna make the official oh. make the call because most times they don't. No, no. Give Tom Wilson credit. He he decided not to take out Chris Kunitz's knee in the uh, Ovechkin Gonchar corner. Oh yeah, remember that. Yes, I do. Oh yeah, speaking of Ovechkin, the slash. Jeez, that's not a penalty. Oh, um, That's like Ray been glossed Ferraro. over. I know Ray Ferraro made that point very well on, on Twitter. Actually, he was um, he was good. Three tweets he popped out. It was like you sit there and it, it's maybe it's because I agree with most of the stuff that he comes up with, but he seems to have a reasonably logical thought process in regards to what goes on or what should go on in a hockey game. People like that are the ones that need to be making decisions. Yeah, I got no argument with that. Not um, the general message. You know, and um, it's uh, it's a uh, it doesn't really change my opinion of Niskanen much. I still think he's a wonderful player. I like watching him play because he makes good plays. Um, hopefully he he learns and doesn't hit anybody else in the head because he wanted to give a illegal cross check to the ribs instead. If he if he legitimately believes that it was just bad luck that he ended up getting Crosby in the head because Crosby fell, it will happen to him again because his intent was to just plaster Crosby with a cross check. I mean, and if, cross check if to the ribs. Ha- there is still an illegal play on the rule book that I read, and it's still the two minute penalty. And he was, you could see, he was. He was determined to absolutely destroy Crosby on that play. He knew that Crosby was coming across vulnerable and was yeah, willing to hit. The, the reaction argument I, I don't buy because Sid's driving the net. He knows it's Sid. He knows the body's coming towards him. Yeah, he's he's set up to hit let's, him. Let's give the player a little bit more credit. Yeah, I know. I will admit the um, Jay Beagle, Phil Kessel stoush afterwards verbally was all very amusing, particularly the Ben Stonium gif. Did you see that with the yeah, two I, boys? Yeah, I retweeted it. The, the that Super was Mario, great. Super, sorry, Super Kessel cart with instead of the red shell, the hot dog. Yeah, the hot dog. I, out. Was, I laughed at that at work. He was going, what is this? And, like, and it's great to, it's very topical because Mario Kart came out last Friday. Uh, my friend had it and uh, we we ended up watching Caps Pens and then playing Mario Kart afterwards. It was. Uh, is it is it good? Yes, yes, very good. Good, good, good. Good boards. Um, not they didn't like change the basics of it. That's why it's yeah, awesome. Don't reinvent and, the uh, wheel. That's why it's a great game. Just yeah. a very aesthetically pleasing, easy to play game. Uh, classic. Uh, 
Nintendo uh, job well done game. So, yeah. Moving on from Nintendo. <laughs> um, I mean, what else on this series? Is is Ovi hurt? I keep hearing rumors that he's got a bust, like a sore knee. Like, I mean, I'm, not, I'm not saying dinged, he's know? not playing bad. It's just that he's not playing to the Ovi level that you always want to see him play at. That's all. Uh, what Ovi level is that, though? I mean, is this the Ovi level we've been um, selfishly have just come to accept his brilliance over the years? There may be a little bit of an aging curve going on now. I want the one pre-aging curve, and that's asking a fair bit when you think about it. But he's scored multiple times this series. I know. That snapshot in uh, game one or two was outrageous. Yeah. I find high, it high blocker, no less. It's not easy for us righties to go high blocker, because we always hit that stupid goddamn butt end. <laughs> and he zipped it right through there, and I was super impressed by that. Maybe the expectation is just so high on. Maybe this is myself. Like maybe my expectation on Ovi is just so high because it's like, come on, this has got to be the year that they they beat the Penguins. Everything is in their favor to do so. Surely he can get over the hump and win one, and then all the dickheads that are on his case for not being that great will get off his case. And you sit there with him and it's like, well, that just sucks. I mean, I cover the Penguins. The longer they play, the better. So it doesn't suck. <laughs> <laughs> we, we do a podcast that's 75% Penguins. So, yes, it doesn't suck. But you know what I mean. Yes. Well, here's the deal. How many goals does Oshi have this series? Uh, zero. What's Backstrom got? One? Kuznetsov had a beautiful one in the last uh in the one game. Oh, the delay, the delay, the wait, the wait. I think Flurry would have got it if he one-timed it. Yeah, which is which, which is what makes that goal so brilliant. The the patience to to wait him out and shoot that thing is it was just great to, to watch. It was disappointing because I thought, oh, he's got it. No, he didn't shoot it. Damn it! <laughs> and then he roofed it. Yes, that was an amazing goal. The celebration wasn't as much fun though. Jeez, can you imagine being somebody upset by that? I know. Well, what, you're not allowed what, to. What be, a life! You're not allowed to be PK Subban and, and have fun. So let me tell you, you're this. upset with the Kuznetsov celebration, the bird thing. You ain't coming over to play Mario Kart. I don't want you people around me. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I just this league wonders why it can't get anywhere. You know who needs to to do more, and I. I talked about this with Adam Stringham from Japer's uh, rink on his show. He he loves Andrew, uh, Burakovsky, and yeah. he's a wonderful player. But uh, he's got to have his quality play translate into some tangible offense for this team, and I don't think it's happened. No. It, it's funny. You, you say those particular things, and to me that feels like Scott Wood. No. He well. Does. On a much more minor scale for Scott Wilson. No, no, Burkowski's yeah. legitimately a really yeah. good player. He'll be top, top six, sort of, uh, if he can actually get the output for what he puts in. God damn, that sounds like a backwards equation. Um, yes, I get what you mean. And, and he's fallen short of that at the moment. Um, but it's that depth help that the Capitals don't have. And they sort of filled their roster to have that there. And it's just not, not performing at the right time of year. Uh, points per 60 in the playoffs right now. Care to wager? Under one? 0.57. Yeah. You can't have... You, you need players like him to perform, like, you know, be above expected and, you know, to be that far below expected. Um, Ovi's at 1.31, so it's not like... That's great either. No, and this is the thing. Like you said, he's not like like I said, he's not been bad, but he's not Ovi Ovi that they they need him to be. And you're right; he's probably just 
on the wrong side of the aging curve and it's late in the year and he's probably a little more nicked up than he's ever going to admit. So it's not like he's not trying while he's out there. Burakovsky leads Washington in possession in the playoffs with 66.95%. And has got point five. Yeah, so if you're looking at reasons why Washington is not beating Pittsburgh, it's because the Burakovskis are not, and I don't want to throw it all on one guy, but he, I'm just using just, this as an example yeah, of the larger yeah, he, picture. Yeah, yeah, and that's a problem. Also, Barry Trotz, you deserve some criticism. I noticed Patrick Hornquist, yes, that Patrick Hornquist, got a breakaway last night. And oh, Okay, so first things, Hornquist should never get a breakaway. Ever. Really, right? Should never be able to deacon. Oh my gosh, the deacon! I let out an audible. Oh my god! <laughs> I didn't know he could do that. Has he ever shown anything that that was going to come out? No. It was a beautiful deacon. The finish was amazingly placed. Uh, amazing oh. goal by Hornquist. So, yeah, there was that. But riddle me this: they're playing a seven defenseman in that game, right? Yep. I don't want to do the math odds on how many different combinations they could have. Please don't. I'm not. But I'll tell you the one that was out there for the Hornquist breakaway, or picking elsewhere. <laughs> how the hell no, does that happen? I don't. I don't get it. Like I, it, you have seven guys. You're telling me that you didn't have a guy fresh enough to take 30 seconds with Orpec or with Alsner. Uh You, you know, know what? No, guys. Let's put out Alsner and Orpec. Let's see how that goes. Like, that should happen 0% of the time. That was the only shift those two had together in the first period. That was it. They didn't make that mistake of course, again. Sorry. Of course it's it. It doesn't take much when you... I just told you, Pittsburgh led the the um, NHL in high-danger chances. If yeah. you're going to put a pairing out there like that, you are opening yourself up to a high-danger chance. And one that could Sorry. be as extreme as a Patrick freaking Hornquist breakaway. <laughs> Just, just quickly, we, in in, so I know you get there and it's like it, the buck stops with the head coach, right? But who, the head coach doesn't normally roll out the D pairings, do they? It could be Reardon, and the thing that's hilarious about that is he used to be with the Penguins, and it was often an argument in regards to the pairings weren't always put together to operate. Point of view might be that that's not a bad thing, but then you get there and look at the usage. They weren't used together again, I think, for the entire game. I think they learnt their lesson on that one, but it shouldn't take that to do that. We have a lot of information available to us that says not to do that. But <laughs> and they yet did. they did it for 30 seconds. But they lost by one. Yeah. So... We've always said it's the margins. It's the it's it's the thing that you know cost Pittsburgh you know a few of those years. Ignore the flurry factor, but the fact there was no depth, and and Pittsburgh have got that depth now. And and having no depth on your back end and having those two defenders out there who can't turn and skate, have them both out there at the one time, made Patrick Cornquist look like Phil Kessel. He flew in there. Do you want to talk a little bit about Gino? I think he deserves a lot of credit. Oh, what can you? It was absolutely hilarious when Sid was out, and you're hearing the the commentators going, "Well, you know, Evgeny Markin has to step up." Like he's never done that before. He's done it every time he's, he's had to. He's on the motherfucking top step. Where do you want him to step up to? He's I, leading I, the playoffs in scoring. Yeah, his possession numbers probably aren't great, but I got news for you: every damn Penguins possession numbers have been dog shit this playoffs. Yep. And step up, Malkin, step up. What? Hey, what? He, carried, he carried that team to OT in Game Three, and not and if not for a very very bad overtime holding penalty, probably had a chance to to, I wasn't to win. That upset with that call. I you reach was... around a guy on a breakaway. I mean, I've seen you less know what? or more. You've seen it not get called, but like I'm not going to oh. complain about that. What I am going to complain about is Ali Mata not paying attention in the neutral zone. 
Yeah, and I'm also going to complain about the official not calling, uh, holding the puck on the player that grabbed it and threw it out in front of himself. No, Same but thing I mean, got this is I'm sorry, the, if you're this call is the league J- we watch, I mean. I know, but if you were going to call that penalty on Gino in the middle of a five-minute power that, play. And that was a penalty. It was. I'm not arguing that. That was a penalty. No, no, I'm so not saying that you don't think that. I'm, I'm just saying yeah. that that's, that is the standard, and it was called correctly the first time. Yes, and the standard was set in the first 10 minutes of the game. So why on earth do you not fucking call it again? Well, Ian there was Cole, the Matt Cullen oh, getting water skiing, oh, and they were already shorthanded. I know, but Ian Cole got called for delay of game, for holding the puck in the game today as well. So I'm like... What is it? Which? What are you going? How are you going to call this? Like, this is sort of my point. It's just it's mind-blowingly confusing how this works. And for a guy like Gino to play like he has in these conditions and not look, flip his lid and not give away a stupid penalty yet, and most is not bad. He missed huh? a month before the playoffs. His I first know. game back was the playoffs, right? I know. He's leading the playoffs in scoring. It's amazing. He's been. A- yeah, you know what? He might get say the the best thing happens for the Penguins. They go all the way through and win it again. He's probably going to get jobbed for Con Smythe because of the Flurry thing. Well, I'll say this: if Flurry, he's at like nine thirty four all situations right now. It's really tough to ignore that. Goalies oh, will always yeah. have an advantage in the Con Smythe if they're playing at that level. Their position is built to be more valuable than the others. It is, but so, I have a feeling that Gino is on such a tear that even though they might win this, with, nope, you know, the flurry comeback story will ride supreme yeah. with the writers who vote. So if let's say Gino, okay, let's put out a scenario. Let's say a Gino is objectively the better candidate by a little bit. Well, it's not, it's it. not going to happen because no. he's already won one. Yep. Maybe if Gino was kind of smitheless, but, if but he gets there pushes, I would love to have this argument. <laughs> if he pushes thirty points, I think he's the, 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 the he, I think he is the last guy to do that. Is yeah, that not? this this is my well. Him and Crosby. He's more than he halfway there. What was that? He's more than halfway to thirty. This is kind of my point in, like, minimal games. Like, if the next two series, say this series goes to seven and the other two they play go to seven, that sheer volume of game, I can't see him falling off a map. You know, it's like Ryan Getzlaff over in the Anaheim series. That man has turned into a machine again. He's just dominating that. And it's like he's in the same boat as Gino. He's just going to keep piling up the points. They're going to be pushing 25-plus by the time we get to the end. And what was it? Kessel had the most with 22 last year in 24 games. Sounds about right. It was more evenly spread last year. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. This this year's team is really riding off the ridiculous skill level of three or four players. But depending on how long Sid is out, I assume he could be back on Monday, maybe. Um, asking Gino to step up is just so lazy and like you don't see that he's leading the playoffs and scoring he's already stepped up what you need to ask is hey nick benino yeah maybe you can step up because you you are nowhere where you were last year trevor daly you're supposed to be able to generate offense from the back end because possession sure as shit ain't your game maybe (laughs) You can step up. Those are the kind of players that need to step up. Because Gino is due for a mini slump, if anything. And it won't be his fault because that's how it goes. That's how point scoring goes in hockey. The best of the best, no matter how good they are, goals are at such a rare commodity, relatively speaking, that there's going to be droughts at times. So what if the drought hits right now, even though Malkin is still playing the same way, doing the same good things? It's on the depth to, to step up, not, you know, hope Gino yep. gets two points every game, which, by the way, is his average right now. 
<laughs> yeah, I was going to say that's what he's that's what he's clicking at. So um, that's it's not realistic just, it's, to expect him to do that forever. But that's see, this is the problem. This is the expectation that I was kind of throwing on Ovi a second ago. Is exactly that is that you know, which is why I called out Burakovsky. He's the kind of guy that needs to step up. Well, same with Oshie and 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 Backstrom. It's it's like that whole team feels like it's just slumped at the wrong at the wrong time, and that can that can happen. You can go into a you can go into a slump as a team altogether. It's just like you can win sixteen games in a row as a team. Everything goes right. You can have the reverse of it, and just I don't get it with the, the Capitals team and. Pittsburgh are doing it at the moment with with a few passengers um, points wise. Yeah, they're top heavy this year. But it hurts. It good. hurts having Connor Sheary out. I know he wasn't playing well, but I don't. I don't need Rowney or Kuhnackel in the lineup. Well, Kuhnackel was playing before anyway. I know, but in a fully healthy lineup. With Crosby and Sheary in it, I don't want him in the lineup. Yes, but they put him in instead of your instead of your brother because he p- kills penalties, uh, and Wilson bad. doesn't. You know what? Chris Kunitz didn't kill penalties for a decade. Magically, he's all of a sudden okay doing it. I wonder what that is. I know, but I know. I think Scott Wilson's ceiling is higher offensively. And I don't see a defensive liability concern when compared to Kuhnhackel. Kuhnhackel is one of the worst possession players on the Penguins right now, among a bunch that are not playing. That are not great, yeah. <laughs> so why do I have to like? You know, you get what I'm saying? Yeah. No, I'm I'm on board with you. I quite like the way Wilson plays. I said at the start of the playoffs, I prefer him on. Gino's line as opposed to Rust, but Rust does what Rust does in the playoffs and has um, done quite well next to Gino. So I have a very high opinion of Wilson as a hockey player, and I think a little bit of puck luck uh, earlier in the year, he probably would have had more goals. So it is what it is, and you just have to hope that the player, the, the roster decisions game to game aren't the things that cost the coaching staff. And I'd say if flip it back to trots they're the sorts of things that probably have the line combos last night i mean hindsight you can say they won but they got buried again like bad yep. worst game yep. of the series bad i think and you know i'm looking at the lines and they're kind of kind of goofy was wasn't gensel with hornquist and was it cullen cullen yeah i just think you're asking a lot for Cullen to he's getting two of the best wingers on the team and I don't want his ice time to be up there with two of the best wingers on the team. But they, the, the thing is though, it's, they basically replaced Benino. They replaced Benino with him. That's this the thing. Like but, you go, it's Gino, Benino, Cullen. I would put HBK back together, and it's not lost on me that they sucked this year. <laughs> However, we do have a pretty large sample of them succeeding, so it's not out of the realm of possibility that they succeed. The sample of sucking versus the sample of greatness is about equal. Yes, but the issue you have, though, is that the the H part of that line has got no touch and is a couple of strides short of his top-end speed from I, the injuries. I understand that. that, but I need Jake Gensel attached to Malkin's hip. I, I, I'm... I'm on board with I'm on board with your thought process, but and Hornquist was... needs to play with Sidergino. Otherwise, you're not oh. going to get the most out of him, in my opinion. Yeah, I know he scored on a breakaway, but we we talked why that happened. <laughs> oh, so Gensel, just... Malkin, Hornquist is what I would go with my top line right now. I'd follow it up with HBK, and then you have a line with Cullen, Kunitz, and Scott Wilson. That was a successful line during the season, albeit in a fourth-line role. But it was still very good. But there's, a thir- there's your makeshift third line while Sid's out. And then you got your... Um, whoever, whoever. Yeah. Or, no, actually, I wouldn't put Wilson on that line. I'd put Rust. Rust? 
And then so Wilson can play in a bottom role with Rowney and uh, True Knuckle, as it stands. And Wilson can move up and down the lineup if need be. And you're going to have to hide that fourth line. It's just the way it is. You, you, they, you run out they, of depth with this many injuries. They did hide that fourth line as much as they could. They barely played. Can't blame them. No, it's because like, cause I was watching the, the game tonight before the podcast and someone said, oh, I actually I got there and I said, oh, Scott Wilson's just sitting there looking a little bored and Kylie's like, why? Oh, well, it's the last four minutes. He's not going to see any ice and I don't think he saw much ice in the whole third period anyway. So those, I, I mean, I wrote a little bit about it yesterday. That's my logic for those lines. Because um, they're getting crushed. you got to find a way. Um, Brian Dumoulin and Ron Hainsey are atrocious together, by the way. So why do they keep going? This, this coaching staff seems smarter to avoid doing this. Or are they just happy bleeding the shots? Like, are they assuming that they're bleeding shots from medium danger and out, and they're not bleeding high danger chances? Like, I just, I get what you're saying, so why do they keep going back to it? In the playoffs, Brian Dumoulin is a 20, or I'm sorry, shit, is it the playoffs or the Washington series? <laughs> Great. I labeled my notes, or failed to label my notes. I think it's a Washington series. 28.46 Corsi 4 percentage. Sorry, 28%. Yeah, and uh, Hainsey's 29.66. Obviously close because they play together. And uh, Are they playing against top? Or are they does just... it really matter? The spectrum, no, of course, I... he usually ends at 40. Yeah, I 60. realize. <laughs> He's at like below 30. Like the, you gotta, you got to dis- make a new graph with the different the axes to fit him in. The disgust in your voice is beautiful there. Remember when I Micah get... had to make a, a Sabres chart and a non-Sabres yes. chart because they were that bad this year or that year? So these are the Buffalo Sabres of Pittsburgh defensemen. Right now. But guess what? Even more bad news. Ali Mata, 30.4. Daly, 30.77. Like, these pairings suck. So every, but but every... it's going glossed over because they're winning on PDO. You can run on PDO for a full year. Hey, I, are... I, it's fun, but I'd like to get the process right, too, to kind of um, okay, not, okay. not lean well, on it as much. That's that's the coach in you, right? And I, I get that. But the thing is, Pittsburgh, have I think as a coaching staff for this series in particular, have settled in on this is the process. We are going to ride the PDO um, because – we're on the crest of the way. They might fall off at the next three games. Who knows? But they have definitely settled into this is how we are going to play. This is going to and be one be... of the most ridiculous playoff series losses I can think of if Washington goes down the way that they're playing. Well, that'll be like 2010 for them. That Washington, the, the Montreal series, it's similar in every in every aspect. In and, that. and they made a mistake by changing their philosophical way of looking at things drastically and making roster changes that they didn't need to. Unfortunately, even if they have the proper mindset and understand that they are doing things well and Penguins, you know, for lack of a better term, are getting lucky in my opinion, they don't have that luxury of not making changes because their salary cap situation is going to force them to make changes. This was their best look. Yeah. So. But just back to that process point, though, it's like all you want to do is win at this time of the year, right? You, you go through 82 games to try and instill a process that you trust to fall back on in the playoffs, right? Pittsburgh's process was skewy all year. It was never quite the same as it was when they got hot last year. Um, I think this is a very pragmatic coaching staff that understand that whilst we have a process we'd like to follow, we have to work out of that framework in this particular series because we would get torched otherwise. And they really should be getting torched anyway, but they're not. It's such a Colorado avalanche approach, but they have better players. Yeah, and that's why they're getting away with it at the moment. They can't. I don't think they can win it trying to play like this it, if they get past this round, they can't play like this again and again and win it. Well, I, I think just, the next round they could. 
I just think they'll PDO out. I, I just think that the worm will turn in that context, and they need to keep their they need to improve their volume of shots for, and try to avoid relying on Fleury to be 2008 version. There's nothing in his play that suggests to me that we're in danger of the opposite end. There was nothing in his play prior to this to suggest to me that he was going to be this much better than he has been all year. And that would leave me at average, which I'm good with. But average, might, well, which I'm good with for the goaltender position in general. However, yeah. you, you don't fix this process. Average is not good enough. So, no. When if when or if they start losing playoff games, I. It's been kind of unfair on Flurry to expect him to maintain this level. That's what they're asking of him, though. So and he's doing have, it. And he's doing yes, it. Yes, he is. And if he does it the whole way through, then great, fantastic. But if he starts to stop doing it and the team doesn't change and then they, they lose a series, well, it's not on Fleury. It's on the coaching staff for not being able to adjust to try and assist in that, in that problem. I don't know. It's just tough for me to wrap my head around the results of this. I'm uh, happy as a, a, a writer that covers the team. Uh, easy uh, topics, and uh, no one wants to start their summer blogs in May if you can go to June. So, but logically speaking, it's it's tough for for me to be on the right side of it. I can't imagine trying to analytically be on the Washington Capitol side of this and, and try to make sense of it. <laughs> no, I mean you can make sense of it, but no one wants to hear about it. <laughs> what Capitals fan wants to hear that they're winning the Corsi battle? It's it's like fuck you. I could care less about that. And I don't. And who could yeah. blame them for having having that nope. opinion? But it's like yep. it's it's a really tough thing, especially like it, man. What an emotional time for a Capitals fan. I'm almost glad the Bills don't do this to me. They just suck so bad that you never get your hopes up. <laughs> You know what I mean? Oh, they throw general managers around. The Pagulas. I, I love, did you see that um, Doug Whaley and, and Tim Murray uh, hung out the other day together in a bar in Buffalo? That's brilliant. The two fire GMs. And there are that hilarious is... captions for it. I think the one was Doug Whaley saying to Tim Murray, at least I didn't pay as much for my Molson as you did yours or something. <laughs> That's really good. Very nice. Um, I, I suppose we've exhausted the Washington-Pittsburgh thing. I think so. We can um, spend just a small bit. I know we're kind of up against it. Any other um, thoughts about the other playoff series? Um. Nashville were my pick to lose against the Caps. I still stand by that. Nashville will, will make it through. St. Louis, are, St. Louis are trying to do what Pittsburgh are doing. They just don't have enough Tarasenko's to fill the holes like Pittsburgh have got. Yeah, Nashville's great. Their defense core can hang with anybody. Well, I don't think anybody can hang with theirs. I think that's the... That's the, the difference, but I mean, like Jake Allen is having that little bit of come down to earth about him that the Penguins don't want Fleury to do, and now, that's the difference. Before the, the podcast, I looked at Jake Allen's save percentages for the second round, yeah. and they're not bad. They're just no, not 960. And, and that's the difference. Like that's that's how small the gap is. But did you see the game winning when you rely on your goaltender to do as much as what St. Louis are asking and what Pittsburgh are asking? A small drop off in that elite elite quality of goaltending, and you're in trouble. And and that's what has Nashville up three one. Did you see the goal he gave up to Neil for the game winner though? I I have not actually. Oh my god. Neil enters the zone alone. The, uh, he he's coming from the left wing side, I think, and he stays on his forehand, going to the right hand side along the the blue line. 
Yep. And he just turns and spins near the blue line and shoots a wrister high blocker. And it was a floaty one. Not, oh, not, def- not really deflected, and if it was, it was out at the blue line with no screen. And it just goes in, and it's like, holy cow. That didn't happen in round one for Jake Allen. No. The Wild that... have to be like, man, fuck. Fuck you. <laughs> well, specifically, Bruce Boudreaux would have to be like, fuck off. <laughs> you know, like, it's, it's uh, this stupid sport that we cover. Oh, I still love it though. Yeah, it's it's been it's been fun. So, um, I, I've got nothing to say about Ottawa. Um, <laughs> I can just East Coast I'm bias. I'm sorry. If East Coast bias, god damn. <laughs> no, I don't um, have. Um, I don't have much there. Sorry. I mean, I love watching Eric Carlson play. But the rest of that team is, is, besides a couple of talented players they've got up front, it's difficult to watch. Yep. And, and I hate um, the fact that getting lost. And i got to be honest, I, I have not seen as much of the Euler Ducks as I would like because 10.30 starts on a weeknight. It's just if I want to function as a human being and teacher the next day, it's... Yeah. Stop being responsible. Okay. You know? You sold me. <laughs> I've like good, I've enjoyed good news, students. The... We got videos for till the end of the year. Exactly. because like I've found um I've watched bits and pieces of that series. It's kinda hard during work, but I'll come home and I'll watch you know, extended replays or I'll watch the entire game and this series is, is like a sort of a complete flip, I suppose, of what happened in, in Anaheim and, and what's happened in Edmonton. So I've no idea what direction this thing's going to go in. But they'll, they'll, have a, Edmonton, they'll have a Friday or Saturday game, and I'll, I'll watch that. If Edmonton can't work out what to do with Ryan Getzlaff, no matter whether Connor McDavid goes nuts or not, I don't think they're going to beat Anaheim. And he is starting to score. Yeah, he, he's doing it all, defensively, uh, offensively. Actually, I think just, the coach called him out for his defense. I don't know how. I think I, I, think I saw that. No. Um, that, would be, that would be great. Hey, Connor, but, uh, about that defense. Hey, coach, about that whole I'm the only one doing jack shit on offense. <laughs> it's, it's amazing how much that team – is it's two different teams. It's Connor's team, and then it's whatever garbage else is out there. The numbers are... Used to be the same for Pittsburgh in the Tarion years. Crosby and or Malkin on the ice versus... um, Because Stahl used to be Malkin's winger. He wasn't his own entity on the line. Go figure, that was his highest goal-scoring season. Funny that. It's, um, It's one of those things where you look at They've got the pieces in place to run that three that three center model. But Drysdale is the winger. Yeah, but that's 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 like the Gensel thing. The thing is though, I, like they can run that three that three center model, but yeah, if they had Taylor Hall. Oh, I forgot about him. <sighs> I would advocate for the three center model. Imagine Taylor Hall with McDavid. Drysdale gets his own line. With an Eberle, Nugent Hopkins gets a line with uh, Pouliot and maybe Lucic or something like that. Like, you could do that three-line approach. That, yeah. but, but the moving of Hall, I'm not sure there's enough wingers to... To filter out from there. Because the thing the thing for me is they'd already gotten Sakara, right? So they had a guy that can move the puck for them. Um, but Bomb's been great. Yeah. Like Larson was a this sounds silly saying it, but it's almost like it was a per, it was a superfluous move. It didn't have to be done. Well, we know that it's an all time bad trade. And the people that like, the people that they, don't yeah. think that are blind to the fact that Connor McDavid and Clefbaum missed significant portions of last year. They are both back playing great, and Cam Talbot has had a Vesna caliber season. The people that yeah. 
defend that trade, casually ignore the um, things that mattered this year compared to last year. Well, I like to go paste in a hand trough, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, that's a legendary tweet. I'm sure that one's not going to go away for uh, for a while. <laughs> Sorry. So, yeah, that's but, the caliber of person that thinks that way. Well, you know, I'll um, I'll leave that tweet to speak for itself. I suppose it's a little unfair of throwing shade at somebody that's never going to listen to this. There are a lot of you, though, and we appreciate it. They do listen. Very true. Thank you very much, guys. Well, you got to get to bed. I do. So we will wrap it up. Um, okay, we'll go through the uh, how to contact us items, and then that'll be that. Patreon.com slash HockeyHurts is where you can financially support the podcast. HockeyHurts.com is the website. At Walshy66 is where you can contact Cam on Twitter. Um, and by the way, give Cam a follow. There are way too many listeners on this podcast that haven't gone and clicked the follow button for Cam. So you need to go do that now. <laughs> I'm on my own way. I'm on my own way. And hockey underscore hertz at Gunner Stahl and hockeybuzz.com for my penguin articles that about covers it hopefully Thanks. the next time we talk to round two will be over if you're a penguins fan if they're still yeah. going if they're still going it's a legendary series though at the same time Woo-hoo, we win either way yep so see you next time bye